0: invest in yourself and the growth of your organization by attending these two phenomenal events
1: we are not concerned with turning likes or followers into donors like what we want to do is take those that are following us on social and
0: inspire them to do good works period the end Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast, and I'm your host, Dana Snyder, digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. Do you have a birthday party memory from childhood that you'll always remember? In today's episode, you'll meet Paige. She's the founder of The Birthday Party Project. Paige and her team of birthday enthusiasts celebrate the lives of children experiencing homelessness by throwing birthday parties and providing a birthday in a bag so no child goes without feeling celebrated on their special day. During COVID, Paige definitely felt the weight of the pandemic and went from a team of eight to two. But then something pretty cool happened. She innovated her programming and with the help of a longtime national partner, created an entirely new revenue stream and expanded from 48 agency partners to 70 during COVID to serve thousands more. Paige's energy and joy is contagious. This is truly an organization with a mission Turning into a movement. Let's welcome Paige. I am really excited for today's conversation with Paige Chennault. She is the founder of the Birthday Party Project. And I feel like we should have confetti, like we should just make this a party since you're here, because you are an absolute pro being 10 years into your organization. Paige, welcome. And gosh, how does that feel?
1: Oh, well, thanks for having me. You know what? I never dreamed that we would get here to 10. And yet looking back, I'm thrilled with this huge milestone. It feels good. And I feel energized and old at the same time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go back for me. A, can you please share with the audience, what is the birthday party project and the mission of what you do?
1: Sure. So the Birthday Party Project, we're a nonprofit. We partner with homeless shelters, transitional living facilities to celebrate the lives of the children that are living there. So what it looked like pre-pandemic was we would bring in birthday enthusiasts, that's what we call our volunteers, to help us host parties to celebrate all the kids that had a birthday in a specific month. We would throw a big larger-than-life birthday bash at the shelter to celebrate kids experiencing homelessness. And obviously, it's changed a little bit since COVID, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But in a nutshell, we exist because we believe that all children, despite their circumstances, deserve to be seen and known and celebrated, especially on their birthday.
0: I love that. You know what's interesting? My husband and I were just talking about this. So we're both March birthday babies. And because he grew up with multiple siblings versus I was an only child... Oh my gosh, my parents threw me like the most extravagant parties all the time. And his really didn't because there was three of them and the means weren't really there. And so it was a very casual, I'm not even sure if they did cake. I'm trying to remember. Maybe they did cake, but it was a very simple thing. And so now it's like, what do you want to do for your birthday? Like, It's such an interesting thing in and, and a day where some people kind of push it off, but really should be celebrated. When did the idea come to you? I know we were talking about weddings before this and you were in the wedding industry, which is a whole other extravaganza of a party. When did the idea come to you or how did it come to you for the birthday party project?
1: Yeah, sure. So it actually started because I was an event planner. So I fell into event planning. I simply said yes to someone that asked me to help them plan their wedding. And from there had the opportunity to say yes and yes again. And before I knew it, I had built a pretty big wedding and event planning business based here in Dallas, but doing events really all over the country. So I was kind of at the height of my career and pregnant with my daughter, and I was on an airplane, and I was reading a magazine article about kids' birthday parties. And so this was like pre-Pinterest, pre-Instagram, and I'm sitting there, and I'm reading these articles about kids' birthday parties. I'm getting really excited, just thinking about all the ways I can celebrate her. You know, this is what I do for a living. I have access to resources to throw her the biggest and best birthday parties imaginable, And as I was thinking about all of the ways that I could celebrate her, I actually put that magazine down and I picked up a magazine and it was a time magazine and I opened it. And the article in which I opened it to was about children in Haiti. And there was this image of a little boy and you know, this image, it's like chaos and destruction in the background. It's a black and white image of a little boy and he has sunken eyes and bloated belly and you know, I looked at that and I thought, what about him? Like all yeah. I could think was, what about him? I mean, here I am thinking about all the ways I can celebrate Lizzie make her feel so special. But there are children like this that might actually never feel celebrated on their birthday. And in that moment, I knew that I was supposed to do something about that. It was like that fire in my belly moment for me. Yeah. And I wrestled with that. Of course I'm super pregnant, so I'm bawling hysterically at the time. But, you know, I really started to think about like how do I use my skill set, the gifts and the skills and the resources and the talents that I have been given to serve the world in a big way. And what does that look like? And so over the next couple of years, I really started to wrestle with this idea of celebrating kids and do what I need to go to a third world country? Or could I really celebrate kids in my own backyard? And through just like a lot of research and a lot of, you know, time and discernment, recognize that like starting here, where I'm from is Dallas, Texas. So starting here in Dallas, Texas, was the best way for me to just say yes to this idea and this calling and something new and step in to, I mean, really the unknown, see if this idea could work. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. So did you start it immediately as a nonprofit or did you just play around with it on personally doing some events?
1: You know, I knew there was a moment for me after I had toured homeless and transitional living facilities here in Dallas, I realized that I wanted to do it well. And I realized that if I did this, even if it was just my favorite friends and family around, I wanted it to have its kind of own identity. I didn't want it to be something that Paige was doing just to help some kids and celebrate and bring people along. I really wanted this to feel like something that the community could latch on to, right? And so from the very beginning, I recognized that this was an opportunity to galvanize the resources, to bring people on board. And what a better way to kind of ignite this enthusiasm for this community than to start a nonprofit. So I started researching it. Gosh, it took three years, really, before I ever you know, launched into this idea. But I did so with such care. I wanted to make sure that when we did it, we were doing it the right way for what we wanted to accomplish. Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. So you started it, it's been 10 years. And I was looking at your Instagram and I'm gonna pull it up because you listed some pretty amazing statistics. So there's been nearly 18,500 birthday kids celebrated, 2,500 parties hosted, 63,000 kids who have attended those birthday parties And about 25,000 birthday enthusiasts, a.k.a. your amazing birthday party volunteers. That's incredible. I mean, if I had confetti, I wish I had confetti to like throw (laughs) at the screen right now. (laughs) So like from the very beginning, and I think this is something, right? The show is called Missions to Movement. So you had a mission and Mm -hmm. you have definitely turned it into a living, breathing movement. Was there like a pivotal moment or maybe moments where the concept like caught on and you saw growth or you're like, "Ooh, OK, something's happening here? Yes.
1: And, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because in 10 years, I could probably point to a hundred of those moments, right? Because I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Like I do believe in momentum and I do believe that there's a way to capitalize on that to take our next steps. But if we're talking about early on, you know, our very first party was really simple. It was my favorite friends around me. It was tattoo station and bracelet making station and a dance party and a ball that we were throwing around in a cafeteria. And frankly, I didn't quite know what I was doing. I was just so excited to be there and try and celebrate these kids. And I remember afterwards thinking, oh, this is it. This feels really good. And I will not be able to do it alone. And so I would say that there were probably three or four more parties that happened. And this is, we do the monthly, right? At one agency. And that's when people started to take notice. It was because I was kind of talking about it. I was sharing some ideas. We actually captured footage from our very first party in an effort to just kind of, I just, you know, wanted to hold on to that history. And so, from that and from that imagery, we were able to show the world how simple it is to celebrate and to bring joy and to connect people from different communities together. And because I have an event planning background, there was one moment in particular. So, here I am. I am about to present on stage to this big group of event professionals from around the country. And I get five minutes to talk about this new idea, the birthday party project. And quite frankly, I wasn't even convinced that I was the one that should be up there talking about it. You know, like there's this like imposter syndrome. syndrome, Yeah, There's this part of me that's like, but is this a good idea? Are people going to like this? What do you think people are going to say about this? I don't even know. And here's what happened. (laughs) Okay. Listen to this. I am about to walk on stage and this girl turns to me and says, Do you have Twitter? And I said, No, what's Twitter? And she's (laughs) like, You need Twitter if you're going on stage. And I went, Okay, well, I don't have time. Can you set up a Twitter for me real fast? And she's like, Yes. And so she's sitting here putting a Twitter account together for me. And I'm walking on stage like, oh my gosh. (laughs) But in that moment, I just got up there and said, I had this idea. This is what we've done so far. I need your help. And that was the catalyst for explosive growth. I mean, also, event professionals, don't mess with them. They're the most powerful people on the planet, right? And when they say that they're going to do something, they do it. But this room erupted in cheering and crying, and they were so excited to get behind this movement. And they really were the ones that took us from a small Dallas-based nonprofit hosting two parties a month to truly like 15 parties a month in a matter of a couple of years.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. Just speaking your message to the right audience and group of people. Did your Twitter account blow up after that?
1: <laughs> so apparently, Twitter's like a thing back then, and it did. <laughs> and it was so funny because connecting on Twitter allowed me to see that these stories were really resonating with people, you know, and I had the opportunity to connect with people all over the country that I never would have been able to connect with otherwise. And I did not realize what a tool that was at the time. And that is the reason that we ended up being in New York and LA and growing to Chicago is because somebody was like, I see what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I want to back it. And you say, yeah, let's do it. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that story. I think that's so fun. And just like the in-person element where a ton of people coming up to you afterwards.
1: Yes. Overwhelmingly. So and here's the deal is like we all can connect to birthdays. Everyone has a birthday. And just kind of what you were saying earlier about you and your husband we celebrate them differently, right? We're not all equal in the ways in which we celebrate others and feel celebrated ourselves. And there's probably a lot there that you could unpack. But at the end of the day, that is the one thing that every single human being has in common. So of course we can connect to this. And when other people say, wait, there are kids out there that might not actually ever have celebrated Wait, there are kids that have never blown out a birthday candle. I can get behind this. And it truly is the power of people. It has been an extraordinary journey watching others kind of find their skill set inside this mission that we've created.
0: That's incredible. So 10 years ago till today, obviously, social media has transformed and you guys have quite a presence. How does social media and maybe how has it evolved in the work that you do?
1: you know, in the beginning, Twitter was the thing. And then we moved into Facebook. And somehow we formed an identity that was outside of Paige, the founder of the Birthday Party Project, but like the Birthday Party Project exists because of the people that show up every single month to celebrate. And so we kind of gave them some agency there. We asked early on for stories that their stories from experiences with us. So our birthday enthusiasts after a party, we would gather that information. How did it make you feel? What was the moment that stood out to you? Would you be willing to come on and share a story with us? And it all happened so organically and grassroots. And I say that only because I don't have a background in this. I am not a marketer, right? I was just doing what felt right for me and what I wanted to hear and what I wanted to share and bringing people along with us. We had a great team that we were building and everyone could connect to the stories. And so it's how do you tell the stories? How do you continue to share information while protecting and not exploiting our kids because we will not do that. Right. right? Right. And so Facebook became like a really big part of our mission early on and the ways in which we were able to share. And then this Instagram thing started to happen. (laughs) I mean, gosh, I'm still learning about Instagram.
0: We all are. Right.
1: But what we decided was that we were going to very early on There were words that we would use and there were words that we would avoid at all costs. We found our tone of voice very early on and Mm -hmm. we did not stray from that tone of voice. For me, it's about dignity. It's about connecting. It's about joy. And I was not going to put us in a position where we shared any information other than the ways in which we wanted to, which is we talk about kids experiencing homelessness. We don't use language that says homeless children. When we talk about the emotions that our parties bring up into life, it's about joy because that's deep, right? And those small things I know that might not sound like much, birthday enthusiasts, that's what we call our volunteers, period, the end. Yeah. And we wanted to do things differently. We wanted to offer someone an opportunity to see that nonprofits don't have to be beige. They don't have to be boring. They don't have to feel like, you know, sometimes people get into this nonprofit space and they walk out with just like this burden put upon them. And I'm like, no, it actually, giving can be really good. And what does it look like? And what are the other human emotions that we're tapping into And how do we just keep telling those stories over and over again? Consistency is key, right?
0: Yes. Yes. I was going to say that even within your images, you have beautiful content and you probably do this on purpose. It's bright colors. Even the images are bright. Nothing's dark and dreary, right? Everything across your branding from your website to your channels all has kind of the same aesthetic. I mean, now, obviously, 10 years later, can you talk a little bit about, you mentioned team. Do you have a digital marketing or a social media manager? What does that team look like?
1: Sure. So we're talking about a unicorn right now. I just (laughs) want to say like uh, anybody that is out there, they are looking for the unicorn when it comes to social media and capturing content. Right. And so for so many years, I was behind the keyboard, clicking away at storytelling and creating this tone of voice. And then, you know, there was somebody on my team, then she took ownership of that and she honed our language and worked with photographers all around the country to capture our parties and to be able to put these stories together. And then we realized, oh my gosh, like we're trying to take on way too much internally for, you know, we are a national nonprofit, but we are a small and mighty team, right? And so it took so much time for us to understand all of the ways in which like our stories could truly impact our community and it's not just about raising money for us like if that's our number 1 then we have our focus in the wrong place right and so like how do we ignite this enthusiasm how do we ignite joy how do we share we were doing so many things in a silo by ourselves that we were like oh crap now we really need some help because it's getting too big. I think that we're losing sight of the potential to like really grow as an organization or a brand in the world of social media. So we've got to really start looking for the unicorn.
0: Oh, and I love that you said that organization and brand. Yes. You are a brand. We are a brand.
1: That's right. We are a brand.
0: Yes. And I am
1: now unapologetic about that. There was a long time that I would shy away from that word and I'd say, no, no, no. We're just like serving a mission. No, no, no. We're just... And I'm like, no, no, no. Actually, we are a brand. Absolutely. What we do it matters. And we have stories we're sharing. And we have ways to connect with people that others don't. And so how can we do that best? And how can we be better? And so we started the search of moving from a small in-house team to what does it look like to bring people on? And here's what I think happens in nonprofits a lot. I think nonprofits try to find that one person that's like a content creator and maybe can work in like the creative suite, but not really sure if they could do graphic design or not. Maybe they can take some photos and they're really good with the camera for a minute on their iPhone, but really it's so time-consuming we bogged down somewhere and all the funnel somehow just gets erupted and I was like we have got to find a different path forward so oh my goodness two years after searching for someone we did we landed on this great team and this team has shown us how important it is to plan. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm a bit of a reactor when it comes to social media, or I'm like, very like, I'm inspired now I'm writing, yes. right? They taught us a lot about like, here's what a content calendar could look like. Yours is fine. But this is excellent. So you should maybe consider this. <laughs> when you're looking to capture imagery, remember that these things are really important. So here's your shot list, you know, so yep. we really started to get I mean, really dialed in to the shots that we wanted to take. We wanted to make sure that we were honoring our partners, those that are really giving to our mission, right? So here we are talking about those that are impacted by the work we're doing in terms of like the kids we celebrate, but our partners are equally as impacted by our mission. And so how do we celebrate them and the ways in which they are giving to us? So Absolutely gosh, it took forever to get to this place, but this team has been transformative for our brand. And just redefining and really getting granular about the words we use and the words we don't use. And in some ways, they were able to help us like understand like, hey, you've been using this language for 10 years. That's fine. You can also kind of update. There are other it's generations yeah, by the way, Paige, you're forty, and there are twenty year olds <laughs> following you, so you might want to talk to them. And I'm like, yeah, I should do that.
0: <laughs> like yeah. So when you talk about like major transformations, to like now, when you're thinking about your digital marketing process as somebody first learning about you, to then maybe becoming a birthday enthusiast, maybe becoming a donor, how does social fit into that educational process? or what do you guys deem? I guess, as success when it comes to social media?
1: So I am not somebody that abides by the rule of the more likes you have, the better. I don't want to live my life by likes. And so I'm not interested in our organization doing that either. So for me, it looks like, are we telling a story that can land and truly make a difference in somebody's life? Are we saying something that allows people to feel differently in any way, shape, or form? Does that move them to compassion? Does it spark something inside of them? So what we're saying matters, right? I don't want to just put something out there and say, wow, it was a great day today. Nobody cares if I had a great day right. today, right? Right? I mean, they might, but I'm hopeful that instead we can say, you know, we can tell people that when they give to the birthday party project, it goes to this. And because it goes to this, this is the impact that it's having on our kids, etc. So one thing I would say is that we are always speaking authentically. And I think that that really matters. I think the other thing for us is, we are not concerned with turning likes or followers into donors, we're actually concerned with, like what we want to do, is take those that are following us on social and inspire them to do good works, period, the end.
0: Mm, right? I love that. that doesn't
1: mean that they're going to do something for us. It could literally mean that they're going to do something for someone else in their community, for their family, for themselves. And so that kind of continues to be the lens in which we move through social. Now, the other side of this is though, we have great partners. We have really incredible national partners.
0: You do. For those that don't know, I'm just going to name a few Southwest, American Greeting, Milk, Snap, Dr. Seuss, the list goes on. You do have incredible partners. <laughs> and I think for what you're talking about, when you're not so focused on the likes, when you're not so focused on the money, it comes because you're just naturally attracting people who are love the energy of what you're putting out I and mean, you're saying that you're all about joy, people want to be a part of that. They're like, I want to come to that party. Like, bring me over. You know I am all about the latest tech tools to help make your life easier. This episode is brought to you by Feather. Over 1,200 nonprofits of all shapes and sizes use Feather's digital marketing tools to increase engagement, boost online donations, promote events, recruit volunteers, and ultimately do more good. So if you're tight on time and looking for a solution that simplifies and automates your online donor journey, head to feather.co or click the link in the show notes to learn more. That's F-E-A-T-H-R C-O. All of those brilliant partnerships that you have, I'm sure they saw you and they were like, hey, this is a beautiful brand. I love what they're talking about. I love who they're supporting, what they're about and their mission. How did you approach those partners? Or did they come to you? I love this question. (laughs) The best
1: money that I have spent has been on branding and social content. Okay, so our first brand, our first logo that was created is still, you know, you got old school, like holds a dear place in my heart. We rebranded during COVID and we took a chunk of our money and we said, you know what? We don't have a huge team right now because COVID, you know? So what could we do that would be really impactful to this mission if we don't have people in here that we're not paying for that kind of what people call overhead, right? So we yeah. decided to take some money and in to invest in like reimagining our brand. So we did, we rebranded at the beginning of COVID. And I think that that was one of the greatest investments we made because it allowed people to see that we were still relevant, that we were moving and growing, it brought new energy, it allowed us to seem. Like the national brand that we were, you know, we just grew up a little bit. And when that happened, and in the course of that happening, partners started to pay attention. So there were people that gave us a shot early on Snapchat, definitely, Milk Bar. I mean, those people have been Oriental Trading Company. They have been with us for a very long time and they have been saying yes to us for a very long time. But when we elevated our brand, their confidence in us built a bit and it allowed us to say, like, hey, Now we're doing this. Do you want to follow? And, you know, you want to come alongside. I will also say that we are so fortunate that people believe in the power of a celebration, that people connect with birthdays, that the partners that you just spoke of all came to us. And I know that people are going to be out there talking like that is not fair. You know, don't hate. Okay, everybody just don't hate.
0: (laughs) Don't hate. Replicate. Don't hate.
1: Don't hate. But here's what I would say is when they started talking to us and asking us questions and learning more about our mission, I think what we do well is we listen back. Like we ask the questions. What what are you looking for out of this partnership? What would be helpful to you? Do you like our social media? What is it about it that you like? What could we change? How do you want us to tell your story? Because it's not about us. It's about the partnership.
0: Totally. Oh, Paige, that is fire. That is so true, so true. And I think what's interesting, I say this all the time, but social media and your website are oftentimes the first impression of your organization. Somebody can't walk into an office, especially on a national basis, right? That is the first place that they are coming to get an understanding of who you are and a visual of like, what do we want to attach ourselves to this organization. That is so powerful. I
1: fought it for a very long time. I thought, nope, if they want to get to know us, we have other avenues. They can come to a party and see us in action. You know, I'll have a phone conversation. And then I was proven wrong. When we rebranded that website came up, it was like, bam. And actually my confidence in our organization grew just by looking. I was like, oh, look at us. Like we're amazing. Yeah. Like, so, it finally feels like what we are putting out into the world is congruent right yeah but kind I of a new down, outfit on that's right back to kind of this partnership thing i will say this with such certainty i talk to nonprofits all the time that bring a list prepared for their you know potential sponsors and they're like here are the things that you can do for us and this is what we need and they never ask the question they never say what are you looking for what would be the best use of your dollars for your team? What would it look like for you to get your team involved? Do you care about that? Is it most important that you have your brand recognition? I mean, I just don't know that enough people are asking the questions. Instead, I think we're being confined into this very small box when we don't open the conversation.
0: Totally. What have been some of those responses to those questions? I'm just curious. Is there something that's across the board that you've seen as being a common response when you start to ask about what would you like to see from this partnership? Or are they kind of all over the place?
1: Most of them are all over the place, but because our mission allows for kind of an immediate impact, like you can see the work, a lot of people want to be with our kids and with our families that we're celebrating. And COVID has made it a very difficult environment to capture stories and to allow people to see their impact. In person, and yet I think what I have learned is that every single partner wants the stories, they want to know where their dollar goes, they want to understand that even if it's a major gift that they're giving, and they understand that you know we have lights and a warehouse and all these things that operationally we have to. Consider at the end of the day, we have our kids in mind with every decision we make. And I think most of them just want to be able to connect with that end moment, right? That impact yep. moment. And then the other thing I would say is they want to be along for the ride. They want to feel like actual partners. There are very few people that we have received money from, national corporations that say, Well, here's your money. Send us some photos, put us on social, and high five. Most of them are like, Can we come into your warehouse and wrap gifts? Can we bring a team out to a party? Is there a way that we can come alongside you and introduce you to other people that might be able to support you? I mean, that's what we've seen is like most people really want this to be a full partnership, but I think it's because we've opened the door to that.
0: Right. I saw through Instagram actually, and this might've been a COVID thing, were you doing the virtual birthday messages and the bags And I'm sure that would be a really creative way to get partners involved too. So obviously COVID shook up a lot within the nonprofit space and affected a lot of programs and you being hands-on, I'm sure might've been paused for a while. How did you restructure your programming during COVID? And actually what I'm really curious about is from those changes, are there certain things that you've kept?
1: we've restructured completely. And yes, we've kept most of it. And I love this question because people are not talking about it enough, right? I think it's so easy for people to be like, and look, we've survived COVID. And I'm like, can
0: we go back to everything we used to do before? Yeah.
1: Right. But I appreciate so much about COVID. So COVID is starting. I have a team of eight. I'm hoping to grow it to a team of 11 to oversee at the time 48 parties across the country every month with thousands of birthday enthusiasts helping us to celebrate kids across the country. COVID hits and we were like, oh, great. So we have to find ways to celebrate kids and they are not going to open their doors to allow us in and nobody wants in anyway. So we shifted within a matter of weeks, thanks to our partners at Oriental Trading Company. We said, we have some ideas, but what are your ideas? And they said, okay, well, we have product that's sitting on shelves. We can totally get this out. You need to celebrate kids. Let's do a birthday in a bag. And frankly, like that brainstorming session allowed us to soar. So instead of in-person parties where all the kids at the agency would participate in a party together, the birthday kids would receive a gift and a cake and all of that. We went to drawstring backpacks that say best day ever.
0: Yes, they're so cute. I saw them. Thank you. So our drawstring backpacks have
1: everything a kid needs to feel celebrated on their birthday. And we thought, oh my gosh, now we're empowering families to celebrate, which was extraordinary for us to think about it differently. And the moment that we did that and we said yes to birthday in a bag, we started to take off again. So we went from 48 agency partners to 70 agency partners during COVID. We were able to scale and... I lost more than half of my team during COVID. It got to a place where we were a very small, lean team. We were letting volunteers come into our warehouse to help us put bags together and wrap gifts, but it wasn't the same birthday enthusiast experience that we were having. But we were doing as much as we could to continue to celebrate our kids, and we were just meeting families like where they were, right? Our agencies said, we can accept a box from you. And so that's kind of how we moved our mission forward. And what I learned is that we were capable of doing something different, that it was okay to think differently about the ways in which we celebrate. And frankly, we haven't gone back to in-person parties yet and we won't until the middle of this year. And then when we do, we will run parallel programs because yeah. some people really love the opportunity to celebrate like in person and some people really love empowering their families to celebrate together
0: that's incredible
1: with as much loss as i feel like we have experienced during covid the innovation alone has been a tremendous like boost of energy and confidence for our mission right and it forced us to do things quickly i kind of love working under pressure like that and When we started to scale and when we kept going, our partners took notice and said, we can totally get behind this. And now we have lots of opportunities for our partners to be involved. But...
0: I was going to ask that once you launched the birthday party bag, and then you have your in-person that are going to start up shortly, did that then become like kind of a new revenue stream where donations could flow into?
1: Absolutely. So we have a place on our website. people can sponsor a birthday in a bag. We have actually a team coming in today. They are sponsoring 500 birthday bags, and they are coming into our warehouse, our headquarters today, to fill those bags. So it gives them a volunteer opportunity. It allows them to sponsor our bag. We're making some money. Their logo is placed on that bag, and we're shipping it out to our kids. Absolutely. It's been a great addition to our program. That's
0: fabulous. I love that. Oh my gosh, Paige, we could do a whole case study just on that and breaking it all down. So you said originally you were a team of eight before. So now in the last two years, have you scaled again? Or are you still with, your, with a smaller team?
1: Listen, COVID is no joke. And finding people that are ready to come back into the workforces no joke. So we went from a team of eight to four to two. There was a moment that I was the single paid employee. And now we are back and we are, we have a team, there are four of us now, and we are rebuilding hopefully by the end of the year to get back to six. But it has been brutal. There are times that it feels really lonely. And yet there have been times that it allowed us to be so bold and to try things in ways that we would have never tried before because we had what we needed before. Right. And so, you know how that is necessity breeds innovation. And so, and we're really excited about it because I've also learned how to be really efficient. We've always been great stewards of people's money, But we've become very efficient with the ways in which we work and our processes have never been stronger.
0: Awesome. Awesome. This leads me to my next question, which is speaking of testing and being able to be iterative, are there things that you're testing right now when it comes to digital marketing? Yes you want to
1: talk about things that are working or not working? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so we tried a campaign around a big fundraiser that we have every year and it totally flopped. Like it just did not work. I think we were calling them do-gooders because we used to say giving is good. And so we were kind of playing off of this and something about it didn't land. I was like, I don't know what we're doing wrong, but it's not working. And so we kind of pulled back from any campaign, right? And we thought, okay, let's just get back to what we know, which is telling stories. It's using our roadmap. It's, you know, our language is very clear. Let's just get back to that. And now we've tried things recently with our partnership with American Greetings. We tried a reel for the first time. (laughs) I know, I like it sounds so ancient. And it was huge for us. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of views. So we were like, okay, reels work, got it. We are not on the TikTok bandwagon right now that feels like a little bit too much for us to bite off at the moment.
0: I have a TikTok coach coming up so you'll have to listen to that episode.
1: Oh my gosh, I need it so badly. I'm there she for it. It
0: blew my mind, so get ready for that.
1: Oh, I cannot wait. I will definitely be tuning in. (laughs) You know, because we're doing our content calendar, because we're planning out so much in advance, it's really allowed us to see where there's opportunity to like leverage these stories. And so we turned 10 this year, as you spoke about. So this year we're kicking off a 10 for 10 campaign and we're looking for 10,000 people to give $10 a month to our 10th anniversary. And so all of that has been working in the background and we're officially kicking it off in like a week, I think. And so I'm really excited to see how that might work. And we're trying it in all the social channels and obviously the email marketing, et cetera. But I am amazed at the difference when you put a plan in place with social and when you really are thoughtful about it, I'm amazed at how well it performs and the energy that comes from those posts and those campaigns.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. It would be really interesting to have you back on to talk about how this campaign goes. I am a big believer in recurring giving because I enjoy, like kind of how you mentioned with your partners where they really want to be invested in helping you grow for the long term. When I'm a monthly donor, I'm invested. I believe in the long-term success of what you're trying to do instead of just one-off gifts are great. But I want to be there with you. So I'd love to see like six months down the line how this campaign is working for you. And I would love to chat offline about we can go into some ideas.
1: I love that. I'm all ears,
0: definitely. super exciting. I wish you guys... All the best. And I will vouch right now. I will become a $10 monthly donor for- I love it. Thank
1: you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. I'm so excited to see that take off. I want to jump into a section called We Must Know. Okay. So Paige, We Must Know, is there a social media or digital platform that you are the most intrigued by right now?
1: Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go digital platform for you. And I will say that I know this is kind of nerd alert, but there is a platform that we use and it's called monday.com. And it is a project management tool. And I love this tool. (laughs) It is like giving me life and bringing me energy in a way that I was like, I love processes, but now this accountability is like better than it's ever been before for our team, which I love. I do love the idea of TikTok. I really do love this idea. But for me, I am still a girl who loves to see the posts in feed on Instagram. I love to watch the stories. And so that probably speaks to my age a little bit, but there's something about it there, this ridiculous community that we can form that I still am pretty energized by Instagram.
0: Absolutely. I mean, look, that's how we connected, right? That's how... Yeah. I thank you about being on the show. I built so many relationships over COVID through Instagram. Yes. So I 1000% agree. And I love that you took it there with the digital platform. Monday is a great project management tool. If you have a team and you want to be tracking things outside of a Google spreadsheet. So
1: that's right.
0: Go check it out. And it's very affordable. Very, very, very. affordable. Go check it out. And this might be an Instagram question, but is there an account that you follow that's inspiring to you? that you think that everybody should go check out?
1: Yeah. So I'm like a big therapy girl. I love therapy. I think it's really important. Boundaries, all of that. So I follow like a lot of people in that space, but I would say Morgan Harper Nichols is one of my favorites.
0: Yes. Yes. She said yes to being on the show. Amazing.
1: Amazing. Oh, that's exciting.
0: I love her. Everyone, if you are not a fan, Morgan Harper Nichols, she has the most beautiful. That's so ironic that you said that. Actually, she has the most beautiful poetry. But she designs these visuals. She's an artist. I actually, I have two pieces of her artwork that I haven't put up on uh, my wall yet. <laughs> <You're kidding. laughs> Sitting right here. I yeah, because she now she sells her stuff in Target. She got a Target mm-hmm. deal. Oh my gosh, I love that. You just said her. Everyone go follow her. I'm really
1: inspired by her. Like, I'm really inspired by the work that she's doing online. She's very candid about what's happening in the world, but she's also super inspiring and, like, soft in her words in some respect, and I've just, I've really enjoyed following her recently. And then, you know, like, I love me some Brene Brown and Christina Tosi and all of those, but Morgan Harper Nichols has taught me a lot over the last couple of years, and I feel really grateful.
0: Amazing. That's a great one. Everyone go follow her on Instagram. That's her main platform. I think she's on a bunch of things, but that's her main one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, Paige, this is a time where I like to call it Ask and Receive. So the time in the show where I would like listeners to support you. So is there one thing that you would like to ask for help or support on? Yes.
1: I think what I'm trying to avoid is this like emotional connection to it. What I have had the privilege of witnessing over the last 10 years is the power of people. And I am amazed at the ways in which people give to our organization. And I am really not talking money. In fact, I hate asking for money. I think it's the worst. I mean, it hurts so much sometimes. And yet it becomes easier when you believe so much in the mission, right? Yeah. And I've learned that over the years that people want to give in that way and they want to give of their time as well. But especially as we're into 10 and we put out this really bold call of 10,000 people giving $10 a month, I know we can do it. It seems a little insurmountable at times. And yet then I get back to this place of going like, but no, we have the community for this. Like $10 a month can be transformative for our organization. And I think that's where I'm most excited to see what happens because then it goes back to what I said in the beginning, which is just the power of people, right? Now we're not just talking about like a gift that's given and we move on to the next. Now we're talking about really getting back to what we know to be true that works for our mission, which is galvanizing our resources and bringing people together. And wouldn't that be cool to be able to say like, oh yeah, we have this community of 10,000 people that believe in birthdays. Like that feels really extraordinary to me. And I think that that's what I'm most excited about right now.
0: Well, and I want to take it to the next level. So for everyone who now will become a $10 donor per month, what is your vision? Like you're sitting on a beach and you're like, yeah, like we did it. But what does that look like? Or maybe it's the mountains. Maybe we're not on a beach.
1: <laughs> Definitely
0: the mountains. But I will
1: tell you in a lot of ways, we're doing it. Like we've cracked the code on reaching more kids through birthday in a bag and in-person parties. We sat on that for a long time. How do we keep reaching kids? How do we keep reaching kids? But I will say that when I am hiking a mountain and thinking about all of the ways in which our community has contributed to bringing joy to circumstances that feel dark and empty. I think for me, it's this idea that people recognize and realize that joy is possible. And so they're finding other ways in which to connect with our communities. Because what I worry about sometimes is that there tends to be this idea in nonprofits that it's like an us versus them. Mm. We are doing for you. That doesn't feel good to me. We want to be in community through celebration. We build community through celebration. And so I know that sounds like a ridiculous answer. Like it's not concrete for me. Welcome to my world. (laughs) (laughs) It takes me 25 words to say what you would say in three. But I think for me, it is that we are a household name that people recognize that the Birthday Party Project exists to make sure that children anywhere feel Seen and known and celebrated on their birthday regardless of their circumstances and that we as community members have found ways to do that for one another no matter what. I
0: think that's it. That's it. I have a question. So my birthday just passed. For my birthday, could I bring friends together to like pack bags? Yes.
1: Yes. Ooh. Yes. So we have a program <laughs> okay. called Share Your Birthday. So, on your birthday, in lieu of gifts, you can ask for donations, create your own donation page. You can collect new unwrapped toys. I'm coming to you live today from our headquarters, our warehouse where we house all of that. And you can bring people together to fill favor bags, to do birthday in a bag. You know, people that are local come in and wrap gifts for us. People that live outside of Dallas, Fort Worth, get together all the time and fill birthday bags for us. We have the supplies ready for you. And then you actually even get the chance to deliver them to some of our kids.
0: Oh my gosh. So cool. Yeah. It's really so fun. Paige, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. You are such an inspiration. I have so many more questions for you. We're gonna have to do a part two to this conversation. (laughs) But please continue to share your story as a thought leader in this space as a nonprofit professional. I just think there's so many people that need to hear your story and what you've done with the birthday party project and what you pivoted and changed during COVID. I mean, that is just such an entrepreneur story to the core and not being afraid of change and saying like, I'm willing to adjust because we have to, (laughs) right? And instead of saying, oh, we're gonna close our doors or we're not sure we're gonna, like, let's be creative. And that conversation happened with a partner. That's beautiful. That's amazing. So thank you so much for being on the show, your generosity and sharing what you're putting out to the world and where can people connect with you?
1: Thank you for having me. And you can find us at thebirthdaypartyproject.org and then on all the social channels, The Birthday Party Project.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Paige. Please let us know. Shout it from the rooftops. I'm sure you will when the campaign goes live. Well, thank you again. Appreciate you. Can you tell I love talking all things digital? To make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories, and tag Positive Equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you.